0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get Mountain Cold Refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to coorslight.com slash SGP. That's coorslight.com slash SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And speaking of downloading apps, make sure to download the SGPN app. We are giving away $500 in our NFL Draft Props Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest tab in the SGPN app.
1: Howdy ho, DeGenerino, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 137, going out to my favorite high school baseball team who's won four straight games. Kudos to them. Thank you for coming to the show. I would be the host, the shanimal, Jeff Fox. Um, (laughs) There's the laugh I'm always looking for. Um, I am one of the... This here host of the show, I like to steal nicknames. And this week I am the Shannibal, or this episode I'm the Shannibal. Um, if you're not listening to us in our feed, please subscribe to our direct feed. We're still, it's almost 50-50 now, but we still get a bit more listeners on the SGPN feed than we do on our own feed. So if you're going to listen, listen on our feed. Um, that way you get us in your ears earlier. Because as we've shown in the past, we are line movers. So when, when we jump on a fighter, the line goes in the uh, unfortunate way for people want to make money on him. So make sure you get us uh, in your ear holes or whatever hole or crevice or orifice you like to stick us in. Make sure you um, get it as soon as you drop it like it's hot. All right. Big show this week. As per usual, we got a UFC fight night um, going down. Pretty solid one. Um, Not. A heck of a lot of star power. Very interesting fight on, on top of the card. Um, yeah, maybe it's not a good fight card now. That I look at it. I'll, <laughs> I'll <have> to, uh, <laughs> I, I automatically say, "Hey, it's good," just to hype you, you know, hype up the show here. But maybe it's not that good. Um, maybe last week's actually was better on paper. But let's bring in my co-host. Uh, he's the king of hashtag hot takes. He'll he'll have something to uh, say about this. They call him Hot Takes uh, Vreeland, but uh, you may know him better as Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello.
0: So, first of all, before we get to my hot take on how good or bad this card is, I do want to quickly hit on a point you just made about how we move lines. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm actually the <laughs> no. moving these lines. But if you listen to the show on Sunday uh, and we're listening to our PFL breakdown, I guys, I gave you guys an underdog I was very high on. I said, I love Saba Balaghi. Uh, he's fighting uh, Alejandro Flores in the opening fight at PFL 2. Uh, I, I believe we quoted people at plus 125 for that fight, and I was like, Belagi is a very live dog. You know he's betting off at negative 140 right now?
1: <laughs> for sure, it's Superfan Jong from the SGPN Slack dropping his his uh, big money on it after he heard you, you – uh you call that guy up Guaranteed it's strong it,
0: it, it didn't move the, the Boston salmon line quite as much as no. uh but like it moved the, the he's a favorite now which is just insane to me um but yeah uh as for this card I, I'm actually kind of excited for this card there's a couple of uh fighters I'm ready to get a few more answers about that I right. think are particularly interesting like you know I just to to quickly name a couple, we got the first ever guy on Contender Series to lose and get a contract in the opening right. fight. We've got an undefeated Japanese prospect, which, you know, we don't seem to get a ton of signings out of Japan anymore, right? Like, it's a, a lot of China and Korea when it comes to Asian fighters, and, and we don't typically, which Japan was, like, the first place. We got a huge influx of fighters, you know, the Takahashi, Go, or uh, the Gomis, Takigomis and the um i try to think of who else was ufc caliber but like we, it seemed like we got a lot of japanese guys early and we don't anymore so that's the first fight kicking it off kid yamamoto kid yamamoto yeah. sadly <laughs> came he, my head. He, he came to the ufc after his prime which is kind of sad um yep. but we're also going to get answers on guys like gabriel green who've had like up and down performances or tristan Connolly, and like that to me is super exciting so uh, yeah i'm excited to see uh a bunch of these fights and You've got to love the fact that both uh, Andrei Arlovski and Alexander Romanov are fighting. And yep. since we last talked, Romanov's number is now I, – I think he – I saw somewhere he's the biggest favorite in UFC history.
1: Oh, really? It was yeah. what minus – I think I had it locked in at minus
0: 2,000 for our purposes, but yeah. It's, I see it listed at places at negative 2,500, which I, is yeah. – I mean like I, – What's I changed look, since – since, I like, mean, it's nothing's up, changed. changed since, it's since it's just day. it's just been people being able to load him on their parlay, right? Yeah, like in so. it, it, like, it, it's wild to think about because even in like Ronda Rousey heyday or Conor McGregor heyday, we didn't see numbers like this. And sure, some of this is because he's fighting a guy who's three and eight, who they just fired and signed back to be a sacrificial lamb. Some of it's because maybe some of it's because we got to see his physique, which is sexy inc- two forty. Dude, it is incredible. <laughs>
1: hey, I, I didn't name last episode sixty two forty, so this could be the uh, return of. Uh, now that we said it, I can name the episode sixty two forty if I want. So, I, I like I
0: like sixty two forty. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah. well, we did milk stomping instead, because uh, that's what you named oh, it. You emailed me it, and that was perfect. And I, I didn't hear. I was hoping to hear back from our the Dagestan milk stomper, but he hasn't. Um, he doesn't respond to any tweets on on his nickname. So
0: Maybe after he fights, uh, I'll yeah. see if I can either get him on Top Turtle or see if I can get him to answer a text about what Dagestan Milk Stomping is.
1: He may be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, hey, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Somebody put it
0: on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh,
1: um, yeah, so if you like to gamble, which everyone listen listen to is more than likely does, and if you like MMA, which – more than likely you like that as well. Then yeah, there's always something to be excited about on these cards. Um, maybe this may not be for the casual, as as we like to call them, um, which is once again uh, unfortunate because it's on the big ESPN. Um, but the UFC doesn't really seem to load up the big, uh, the main ESPN channel cards anymore. They just kind of seem to give you what what they got and that's it. But well, we're going to enjoy it nonetheless. And people seem to. Um, at least our hardcore fans that uh, that get back to us seem to really like our PFL picks as well. Uh, us doing that, so we will continue. Next week it is a uh, Thursday, Friday. It's a Friday night show, but um, we'll probably do it on Sunday again. You're thinking, yeah, some PFL, okay. Cool.
0: And, and PFL, PFL three is um, it's an interesting card. We will probably break down. Uh, just one women's featherweight fight, uh, and then uh, the rest of the other division that's being highlighted. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is it lightweight next week? I think it's lightweight next week. Yes, yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's uh, packed with uh, with stars um, next week's or oh, PFL stars um, next week's show. There's also a Bellator going down. I don't know if you if you want to make picks for that. It's the Paris debut,
0: I believe. Uh, I don't. I, I can't. I can't tell you how much I don't want to talk about Ryan See, Bader versus Chek Congo being never, the first. The first major promotion in, in France, yeah. we've got all of these people with great French ties. We've got, you know, Surreal Game. We've got Francis Ngannou. Like, we got Manon Firo. If you want to go back a little about a while, somebody who, uh, retired far too early and we didn't get to see him in his prime is Tom Duke of Bois could have been. And we're going to get fucking Chek Congo headlining <laughs> this card against Ryan Dieter. And, Longo, yes. Yeah, yeah, he can he can use that one for free if you want. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's I mean, like, I don't want to talk about that even remotely. <laughs> it's even,
1: uh, but it's Paul daly's retirement in quotations fight. Also, that that uh, night is it not? I think I
0: believe it is, and he's already had an opponent change. If I'm yep. not mistaken, he was. Worse. Yep. he was originally supposed to fight somebody he would probably have had at least a fun fight with, and now yep. he's fighting. Uh, whatever person could get a visa to fight in France. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like even Tapology's updated yet, but I'm pretty sure he's got the replacement fight.
1: A French can, a French can of soup is who he's fighting. So and, yeah, um, we're apparently, we're not going to talk about that because Dan is uh, anti-Bellator <laughs> right now. So you're anti-fun. Um, you should be pro-Bellator after, after hitting your plus winner last week and you're, uh, and that, long at that that um, big swing you took on Cyborg and it actually came through for you. So, <laughs> But hey, nonetheless, let's uh, we're not t- we're not talking about those second-rate promotions as Dan uh, calls Bellator. We're talking about UFC and ESPN Font versus Vera this week. But first, what are we going to talk about? Of course, we're going to talk about our friends at WinBet. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $10, win $200 promotion, where $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the win-back casino is offered 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And, of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build-your-own-bet feature. All users can receive a $20, almost gave away $200, yikes, $20 free bet. When they win, lose, or push a 3-plus leg, build-your-own-bet parlay. Between Thursday and Saturday, players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. Go Suns to Go. Um, there's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit WinBet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Speaking of giving away money, we got a draft contest over at uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. We're giving away $500 out of Gumby's pocket in our NFL draft props contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcastcom draft. Or click the contest tab in the SGPN app, winner take all, because football never dies. Also, Coors Light, y'all, it's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second to enjoy a nice cold Coors Light, because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. When I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that's made to chill, which would, of course, be Coors Light. Um... Get Coors delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLite.com slash SGP. That's courselight.com slash SGP. Because non-cold refresher made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, not the baseball team. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And remember to always celebrate our winning picks responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All righty. The Colorado Rockies are actually doing good this year, I think, aren't they?
0: I believe so. It, it's in that like weird part of the year where you have to ask yourself, yep. or like, are these teams actually good? Um, yep. Because last I checked, Oakland has a winning record too, and I'm pretty sure they spent negative seven million dollars this offseason, <laughs> true. Uh, which is uh, a pretty wild approach. And I saw that their like minor league soccer team is drawing more fans than their baseball team on some nights, uh, uh, which is just crazy.
1: And they uh have a cat infestation. Do you hear about that? Feral I heard it, I, I heard
0: it's I heard it's very aggressive. That the estimates are there's as many as fifty feral cats in that stadium. Yep. That More is the fans. That is a lot of feral cats. If, <laughs> I don't is. know I don't know what a usual feral cat colony is like because I do not live in such places, but uh that sounds like too many. Yeah, it does sound
1: like a well, lot apparently there's If you see that many, then there's a lot more that you haven't seen. <laughs> apparently, they're hiding. So they're uh, they're multiplying off of bad baseball, apparently. But hey, this isn't a feral cat Oakland A's <laughs> podcast now, is it? No. I don't, I don't think so. If the A's, exacts, or owners, I guess it would be um, both of them, listen to this podcast, then they would have a lot more money to spend on their players because we're winners. Win, win, win. Well, one of us is. I won't say which one. But anyhow, let's let's get into the, the one that sounds smart is not the winner. Let, let's put it that way. All right, UFC and ESPN Font versus Vera, UFC and ESPN 35, UFC Vegas. What do we have? 253, 53. There you go. You're, since I called you smart, you're just going to let that slide, right? I'm, I, said, I am. You're, you're not the winner. <laughs> That's right. I'm
0: the one who sounds smart. Correct. <laughs>
1: exactly. All right. That's Oh, I have start times, finally. I, I wrote them down. We, this is an early one. 4.30 Eastern for the prelims, and they are on ESPN2 slash ESPN+. And the main card, 7 p.m. Eastern, on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. All right. UFC Apex, as per usual, Enterprise Nevada. First fight of the night, Dan mentioned, called out both of these fighters, not by name, but he called them out. Flyweights, Tatsuro Taira versus Carlos Candelero. Kendallaryo, excuse me. Kendallary is the one, as Dan said, that lost a Dana White contender series fight, but still got into the house because it was uh, hellacious into the house. What am I saying? Uh, into everything comes back to tough. That's why I'm stuck there. Uh, he got into the UFC because it was such a hellacious fight. So let's tell you about him first. He is the cannon, eight and one, two knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his UFC proper debut. He was one and one in the contender series. So the fight he won, he didn't get in. The fight he lost, he got in. That makes sense. Um, lost his last fight, as I said. Um, used to fight at band weight, inch taller than Tyra, plus two hundred. Tatsuro Tyra ten and zero, three knockouts, five submissions. This will be his debut as well. UFC keeps for a division that was supposedly going to be called how many years ago? A lo- long time ago. It's it's uh, thriving now. They keep adding new people to it. Um, Three straight submission wins for this man. He is the Shooto champion in Japan. Don't have reach info, so I can't for him. So I can't compare the reaches at this point. He's nine years younger than Candelario, minus two fifty. So first of all, tell us what you can about Tyra Tair- if you can, and then uh, make your pick, please. So it's
0: pretty easy to find, uh, footage out there on Tyra because, uh, both Shudo and Valley Tudo Japan, both, uh, they, they have a lot of their stuff up on YouTube. So y- you can go watch a lot of his stuff. Some of it is on Fight Pass. So depending on what you're using or what you pay for, y- you can actually see a lot of Tyra's fights already. And I would say this, first of all, I'm not really impressed with the level of competition he's fought. He's, he's fought a lot of those like, Japanese journeymen you know of, like Yoshihira Meida, yeah. um, who, who did I'm not I'm pretty sure fought in WEC. Is he's forty years Never old. At, yeah, he he's forty years old at this point and he's like thirty-nine and nineteen and three or something like that. Um so Tyra beat him. Uh which, you know, do with that what you know. Um but most of what I've seen in the footage I've watched of him is he he's got back to back to back submissions, and it's pretty much entirely he tagged people on the feet and then just instantly jumped on their back or instantly jumped for a finish um, and, and, and made the best of it. Like his grappling is sound enough that it allows him to make the best of it. So I saw that. And then I, I went back and watched Candelario's two fights, um, both the one with Candido and the one with Ultra Murano. And he gives up a lot of takedowns, which certainly is alarming, right? Because he's facing a guy with submissions. But while we usually say, like, oh, he's facing a guy with submissions and he gets taken down, I don't actually think Tyra shoots takedowns all that often. Like, I'm pretty sure he's just, like, an opportunist looking for a finish. He's much happier with his hands and throwing hands. And I don't actually think he has the better hands than Candelario. I think Candelario can definitely hang with him on the feet. And I'll also say this. I think Candelario scrambles better than anybody Tyra has fought. Um, I think... You know, you look at that fight with Altamirano, and if you're just looking at the stats, you're like, oh, I gave up four takedowns. But even in giving up four takedowns, he had over two and a half times the control time that Altamirano did with sweeps and takedowns of his own and, like, you know, reversals and stuff like that. Like, he just wound up on top a lot. And so, you know, like, I think Tyron is just going to kind of wait and try to tag him. And in, in flyweight, that doesn't happen that often. It's worked for him because he's – you know kind of fighting lesser guys in Japan so with all that being said you know Candelario coming off the loss although it was a split decision loss has a lot of people doubting him has the number through the roof I'm actually going to go dog right off the bat here I like Carlos Candelario I think he wins it on the feet here and he scrambles enough to win rounds
1: boy so you're smarter
0: than the bookies uh, the line makers now are you um I mean, I, I will say this, it, this is less of the bookmakers fault and, and you can blame the bookmakers to a, to a little bit of an extent because you always can win, but like the number has jumped up on him, which means people are betting the yeah. Tyra side, um, <clears throat> depending on what book you're looking at. But like, I, I think, I think it's a little bit of misline to begin with, but a lot of bit like the, the money coming in in different places.
1: Okay. Um I'm still going chalk on this even though I haven't seen uh Tyra Banks fight before. I'm still going to go. Um chalk. <laughs> I'm taking Tyra. Are you are you giggling at something? Yeah, down? that
0: the Tyra Banks thing was pretty funny. Yeah. I don't I don't I give forgot, you I, forgot. I don't give I you props for real. Him. I don't give you props for real funny things very often, but that that was real funny.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I get down to, to crack. Um no, I'll, I'll go uh will assume the 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 Bookmakers, what was the what was the opening line? Do you have it off the top? of your head? I'm did,
0: seeing. Did uh, it so it, it depends on which one you're looking at, but I'm seeing yes. uh, where I had it originally written down. I saw Candelario was originally plus one sixty five. He's bet up to plus two hundred, okay. plus one ninety now. That's still a pretty big dog. So I'll I'll go
1: with the um, I'll go with Tyra Banks, and and hopefully he can win this fight. So that's my blind pick, but. I like Japanese pro wrestling, so let's go with the Japanese guy. That's the sound. That's some sound strategy there. All right, moving on. Women's flyweight. Gina Mazzani versus Shanna Young. The artist formerly known as the Shannimal, but I took that nickname versus Danger Mazzani. All right, Shanna Young first. Seven and four. One knockout. Three submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once in her career. 0-2 in the UFC. Got TKO'd in her last fight. She was 0-1 in the Contender Series. 1-1 in Invicta. Was a regional champion. Used to fight up at Bantamweight. She's inch taller than Mizani, three years younger, plus 145. Uh, danger, Mizani, 7-5, four knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out three times, submitted once, two and five in the UFC over two stints. Yet she They keep rolling her out. Um, she's got win-loss, win-loss over her last four fights. Her last fight was a TKO loss. She's only one the ultimate Fighter. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Used to fight at lightweight as well. Uh, she's missed weight in the past. She was a regional champ as well. 2008 debut, three inches of reach on Young. And her fiance is Timmy Elliott. Yes, Timmy Elliott. And minus 135 coming back in her. Um, Mazani is my pick. Going to uh, this is uh, matches up grappling versus not very good grappler. She will ride hopefully ride her grappling to a fairly easy victory here over Shannon Young.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I will we'll pause you a little bit on the Shanna Young not a terribly good grappler. I, I think she got outworked by Stephanie Ager up at, at Bantamweight and looked probably a little bit worse than she actually okay. is. Um, But I'll also say this. I think Gina Mazzani, you know, you, you question why they keep her around with a record like that. She is 1-1 one one since coming down to flyweight, and she was beating up Priscilla Cachoeira in that first round. She dominated the first one, won it on every judge's scorecards, she loses the second round by getting TKO'd in a stoppage. Uh, you know, it, it was a standing TKO, so do with that what you will. Um, So, like, I, I think she is in the right spot at flyweight. I think even coming down a weight class, Shana Young isn't going to be stronger or a better wrestler than her. So, for all the reasons you picked Gina Mazzani, I am going to pick her as well. But I will give the caveat that I think Shannon Young's a little bit better of a grappler than people give her credit for.
1: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. Uh, warning before we do the next fight, uh, Mike Breeden was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast last week, so he's got a bunch of that Top Turtle stink on him. He's going up against Nathan Levy. Has was he on your show? I don't
0: think he was. I've uh, never had Nah Nathan Levy. No.
1: Nah. Nathan. Excuse me. Yes. Nathan. I think it's Nathan. Yeah. No, it is. You're right. Um. All right. Lightweights. These guys will be fighting. At. Nathan Levy versus Mike Breeden. Um. All right. Money. Breeden is the nickname. He's 10-4 and four with eight knockouts. He's been knocked out himself twice. He's 0-1, via, lost via knockout uh, in the UFC. 0-1 in the Contender Series, 1-0 in Bellator. He's an inch taller than Levy. Based on their UFC experience, he's, over, he's about 1.6 times more active. Landing strikes, plus 165. Nathan Levy, 6-1 with three submissions. 0-1 in the UFC, 1-0 in Contender Series. Inch reach, two years younger than Breeden. Striking and grappling stats in his favor based on their small sample size here. A couple of fights. Minus 200.
0: Over to you. I'm going to go with Levy here, but I don't know how much I love this pick. Um, like, yeah. man, I, 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 especially at negative 200. I, I've gone back and forth on this one like three or four times. But the bottom line for me and my biggest problem with Breeden is that, like, first of all, Breeden's not going to grapple Levy, which is, you know, like, Levy's a... a karate guy like you you should grapple him and I I think that's gonna be bad for Breeden and second of all like I just think Breeden throwing all this like wild spinning flying knee crap is he's just gonna get picked apart by like a more technical striker in Levy um and and sure there's a chance Breeden hits something wild and flying and crazy but like at the end of the day I, I think I'm just gonna take the more technical guy here even though Negative two hundred seems like kind of a steep line. I, I definitely won't be using that in a par as a recommended play.
1: I second all of those. Um sentiments. Um Sentiment. Sentiments, not sediments. Sentiments is something totally different than a sentiment. Um yeah, I I'm not sold on Natan Levy yet, um as being quote unquote UFC caliber, but it's to say Mike Braden is either. Um he hasn't really shown that either. So um plus He's got that UFC. He's got that um, top turtle snake on him. Um, mm-hmm. Levy is a pick, but as Dan said, um, even if the lines were closer, I don't think I would. I would. I'd stay weird from this one because it, it, this is kind of a toss-up. I do have a few that I still have question marks beside my picks, but this wasn't one of them. But this one was still one of those um, ones that were kind of up in the air for me. Did you have many of those? I forgot to ask many of
0: those this week. Um, I think there was one I circled as being like. I don't even know who these two people are anymore. Um, just like, oh, no, are, are no, they, we going to say period after that. No, no. I, <laughs> I, don't I know mean, who these an, people are any, anymore. Like I, I thought I had a really great read on two guys and I have terrible reads on them. So, um, you know, like I, I second guessed that one, which will be coming up in a couple of fights. And I second guessed uh, picking the to Tom Levy. I went back and forth on it and then was just like, ah, just take the technical kickboxer over the, wild man um so yeah there, there's a couple but not many
1: you've gotten decidedly anti-wild i don't maybe not gotten maybe always were. you're uh decidedly anti-wild man at this point you're always like mouth and the jordan rights of the world that do spinny stuff
0: it's because like uh, apart from like a uh, a couple of really small anecdotal samples that you can find like the guy who's throwing the wild thing is usually tired pretty quickly. Like it, it's just the Johnny Walker effect, yeah. right? Like we saw Johnny Walker be wildly successful with that crap a few times and then immediately start fucking up and getting beat all the time. Um, and yeah, he like, does not quite prescribe to that same fighting style anymore, but like, it's almost because it, it failed so many times he had to try something different.
1: You're the Jim Cornette of MMA, uh, crapping all over the flippy spinny stuff so all right do you know who jim carnett is dan
0: yeah was he the guy with the tennis racket and the yeah the, wow the, the the so <laughs> yeah
1: yes respect he he doesn't like this the all the flippy spinny choreographed stuff so just like you in mma not choreographed though all right um let me tell you about athletic greens before we move on we're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, which was um, discussed in our SGPN Slack the other day. Some food scientists told us what adaptogens is and I can't really remember now. So I go think look it up does, there. I think, <laughs> I think it basically does help you adapt, like you said, kind of. Uh, I nailed to it. <laughs> you, <laughs> to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients support your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all of those things it costs you less than $3 a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit how do they know about our cold brew habit dan that's what i want to know.
0: Uh, I only i only drink hot black coffee i don't I don't, drink, I don't drink anything else
1: maybe we need to start using IP Vanish if they know about our, our, our cold brew habit because apparently they're getting our info. Uh, AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens have over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com. Again, that is athleticgreens.com to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, speaking of IP Vanish, if you don't want the good people Athletic Greens to find out about your corporate habit, make sure you're using IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on in the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and cold brew habits will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. That's what some of those feral cats in Oakland need. Uh, it's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick. When you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public or hanging out with my feral cat friends, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with 30 day back. 30-day money-back guarantee. I was almost gave back time, Dan. I almost said, you could have 30 days back of your life. But no, they're just giving money back. 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like giving... nine. That's just like... ...for free to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy... Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotion code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Whew. Okay. Watch, weights. Gabriel Green, Johan Leonese. This was one of the fights. I have a question mark beside Dan. Um, Leonese's nickname is White Lion. Green's nickname is Gifted. Leonese is Canadian that's that's your fair warning everyone take it do what you will with that but he is canadian uh he's eight no as a pro with six knockouts one in the Canadian series he won via knockout um this is his ufc debut right i forgot to write that down but it, or is it
0: it is actually his debut okay yeah, it's why all right that's right
1: okay he was a regional champion he's three inches taller than green three inches of reach on him Plus 125. Gifted. Gabriel Green. 10 and 3. Three knockouts. Six missions. He'd been knocked out twice. 1 and 1 in the UFC. Won his last fight. But that was way back in February of 2021. Remember the good old days. Uh, 2 and 1 in Bellator. He used to be at... I, I wrote down. Used to be at... Yes. Lightweight. That's correct? This one is up at a welterweight. So he did fight down a weight class. He was a regional champ as well. Twice more active than Lane AC. And better grappling stats. But that's based off of one contender series fight for Lane AC. Uh, minus 150. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice on the Canadian Dan. I think Lane is a pretty decent looking prospect. Give me the plus money. I need some dogs. Give me the plus 125. That's my expert analysis, proving that I am not the one that sounds smart on the podcast.
0: Go ahead. I, I, I'm gonna go with Gabe Green. I really yeah. like Gabe Green. Uh, I've been really impressed. Why don't you marry him then? Him. I, I've been really impressed by him. R- remember too, he's a guy. Who stepped in on short notice to fight Daniel Rodriguez, um, which, first D-Rod. of all, it, it's, that's already a huge ask for just about anybody. The fact yeah. that, he, that he stepped in on short notice to fight uh, D-Rod when D-Rod was supposed to fight Kevin Holland, um, which, by the way, would yeah. have been a great fight um but also Gabe Green gave him all he could take in that fight. Like he went the distance with him, he went toe to toe with him with pretty much no training camp. Turns around fights a guy like Phil Rowe, and takes it to him. Like beats up Phil Rowe pretty good. The reason I like him, I got against a guy like Ly Ace is my L- Ace seems to be fairly one-dimensional like a big power puncher. Um I- I'm not really convinced he does a really good job of establishing range. And with that, I think that Gabe Green is the perfect kind of fighter to just pick his legs apart and just beat him down until most of his power punching isn't there. Because, like I said, if you can't establish range, you wind up accidentally being in kicking range a bunch. And Gabe Green kicks pretty freaking hard. The dude is a ball of muscle. The fact that he ever used to make 55 is kind of crazy to me. So, yeah, I actually like Gabe Green in this spot pretty big.
1: So, once again, you notice who sounded smart there and who – just kind of set through his pick-out, um, so you know which way to go with this one, people. Um, are, are you taking into account that leon A.C. is a white lion, Dan? I don't think you – I didn't hear anything about that in your analysis there.
0: I didn't, but Gabe Green is gifted, so, you
1: know. He gets you fighting lions, though. White lions. Sorry, did I say lion? Yes. I
0: don't believe he's, he's ever gifted. fought Have a, a – I don't think he's ever <laughs> fought a white lion. He has fought uh, a D-Rod, whatever that is, and uh, the True. French – French, uh, the French, you no, know, the Fresh Prince of Philly. Is that what Philip Rowe is or something like that? Yeah, um,
1: something like
0: that. And he also, you know, like you mentioned, he, his two knockout losses. You, you know, one is to Jalen Turner, um, which is, you know, hey, in he retrospect. Yeah, it's retrospect in Bellator, Jalen Turner is not a bad loss.
1: Has he ever hunted Wolverines with his uncle and his cousins?
0: uh yes all the time what would you do okay, if they good. were trying to kill you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah okay good how are his uh how are his skills because girls uh like guys with skills he's pretty good with a
0: bow staff i believe
1: all right well there we go <laughs> uh, i don't feel as good with my pick here but we're, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it anyway. okay next fight we got a chunky guys back Evil romanov is threatening to get out of chunky zone and into a hunk zone Take the C off, take the C off a chunky. Heavyweights: Alexander Romanov versus Chase Sherman broke it down. If you want to hear it, go to our UFC Vegas 52 um, preview. Did we ever hear what happened with Chase Sherman? Was that ever? I I don't think
0: so. I think he just had trouble getting his medicals done. If I if I'm if I'm speculating wildly with no basis, uh, I'll say he had trouble getting his medicals done on time and getting proper doctor clearance uh, for all he needed to do, and they decided his execution could be a week later.
1: <laughs> there you go. Our pick was Romanov. Um, he is a legit prospect. Is he the prospect you're most excited or most high on in heavyweight?
0: I think it depends on what you consider a prospect. Um, like a newcomer
1: it, guy who hasn't had a title shot yet? How's that?
0: Uh, no, then still no, because, like, I, I'd still, like, it, Tom Aspinall still fits that profile. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what and, came
1: into my head first. Yeah, and
0: I, I, I'm, like, I wouldn't say I'm more pumped about Romanoff than, than Tom Aspinall at this point, mostly because Aspinall is, like, the proof of concept is kind of there already. Like, we know what he is. He's a beast. Um, whereas, like, Romanoff is, is beating guys he should be and will continue to beat guys he should be. If you're asking me, like, which heavyweight am I the – you know, unranked heavyweight am I the most jacked up on, it's definitely Romanoff. Um, but, like, anybody who doesn't have a title shot, I, it's hard to put him in front of – it's hard to put him in front of people like Tom Aspinall or Ty Vasa. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Um, The only thing that's changed since our original breakdown is he's now minus 2,000, he being
0: Romanoff.
1: <laughs> Sherman is plus 1250. I guarantee once they saw the sexy 240 body, they decided, hey, we got to – we got to change that line. Um, and Sherman weighed in eight pounds heavier than Romanoff, uh, which you wouldn't think anyone would be weighing in heavier than Romanoff based in the past, but uh, now that's the case. So uh, our picks are still Romanoff. Probably gets it done quickly, but I don't. Well, we'll have to wait till our recommended place to see if any of us are sort of going out on that limb and say he's going to win via finish. Um, all right, we go from the big guys to the littlest guys. Flyweights Daniel Lacerda, but you can call him Daniel Da Silva, versus Francisco Figueroa, the brother of. I was going to say former champ, but no. Wait a minute. Yeah, he is former champ. It's so confusing He's that they've former been uh, and hot current potato champ. For,
0: Former they, and current champ.
1: Well, that's right. He's current champ now, right? They've been hot potatoing that belt, so much. I'm, I'm getting confused. All right. Um, what do we got? Sniper Figueiredo versus Miojo Da Silva. Do you know what that
0: means? M-I-O-J-O. We definitely, definitely, definitely <laughs> talked about it last time. Am I wrong in saying it's like... Pasta or something yeah, like it's that? That's
1: close. Uh, think more Asian. Rice? Well, nope. That's very stereotypical of you. Ramen noodles, Dan. Oh, uh, okay. But
0: that's that's <laughs> pasta. I was right the yeah, first it time.
1: It's true, yeah. It's true. Alright, let's tell you about Figaro first. This is one of the ones I have a question mark on, so we'll see if maybe Dan can sway me. Um Sniper 12 twelve four on one with one no contest, three knockouts, seven submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted once. He's one one in the UFC. Lost his last fight. He was a regional champ before the UFC. He used to fight at bantamweight. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus one ten. Daniel de Silva or Lacerdo? Is he is his real name like Lacerdo or de Silva or something? Do you know? I don't. Is that why I see multiple I names
0: No, necessarily. I, I was. He was going by Lacerda. Um, And then when he got to the UFC, all of a sudden De Silva popped up. So it it was like Lacerda on the regional circuit for the most part.
1: Maybe he's with his protection program, perhaps? Sure. Sure. Why not? (laughs) So he figured he'd go to the UFC um, and hide out. 11-2, five knockouts, six submissions. So everything's a finish for him, and both of his losses have been via finish, which is is very rare. 13 fights um, at Flyweight, or maybe he fought a bantamweight. A but I didn't uh, see that anywhere. But all finishes, which is very, very strange. So maybe a prop bet is ringing in your ears. There, he was. Uh, he's only won the UFC. He lost via TKO. He's a regional champion or was a regional champion. He's got two inches of reach on Figueroa. Seven years younger than him. Almost two times more active striking. 1.8 times more active landing strikes. Minus 120. So you can see why this is a one I'm kind of flip flopping on because it's very close on the boards.
0: We'll let Dan go. Yeah, this was the fight I was telling you about that I don't even really know what these fighters are anymore because Lacerda... Can help me then? Yeah, Lacerda is a guy who doesn't even know
1: what name to go by for God's sake. Sorry, I'm interrupting with stupid jokes, but he doesn't even know what his name is. How are we
0: supposed to bet on this guy? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But but to to draw it back to actual analysis, I I would say that like he he looked so good on the regional scene in his kickboxing. Uh, And then he fights Jeff Molina and he did not look good and he got tagged. So like, then it begs the question, like, is Jeff Molina just really good or did maybe he fight cupcakes on the regional circuit? So there's that big question around Daniel Da Silva. And you could say the same thing about Figueredo. Like he comes into the UFC and he wins his first fight by beating Jerome Rivera, who went 0-4 before the UFC cut him. So Figueredo comes up with a not-so-good unanimous decision win and then proceeds to just, like, tire out and lose a grappling match to Malcolm Gordon, who's – while Malcolm Gordon's got good jiu-jitsu, he's like – I've never thought of him as being a particularly good wrestler, and he had no problem wrestling Francisco Figueredo. So I'm in, like, this weird spot where I'm like, do do I trust either of these guys anymore? And, And I think the end result is I think I just trust Daniel Da Silva a little bit more. Like I think Jeff Molina is actually pretty good, um, and so at the end of the day, like Da Silva had a tough first fight, and I kind of believe his striking is still there and is probably going to pick apart Figueiredo, and I'm also just in general worried about Figueiredo's gas tank. It's looked really bad in both fights, so I think Da Silva probably just tires him out and either gets a TKO late or wins enough of the late rounds.
1: Yeah, bad gas tank at flyweight is not a good idea. Yeah, De Silva was who I was leaning towards as well. Um, I will take the younger, much younger, like seven years younger too, which which is a big deal, especially if you're talking gas tank. Um, I'll take the much younger guy uh, and I'll go with the chalk because more often than not, chalk is coming through, especially this year. I, let me check. I redid the stats after last event, 69% favorites are winning um so far this year uh 66 overall since i started doing these stats a few a couple of years ago two three years ago so i will go chalk on this one and that concludes the prelims we'll, we'll jump into the main card first but i have one more person to tell you one more organization to tell you about that will be prop swap we're brought to you by prop swap where america buys and sells sports bets the nba playoffs are in full swing and prop swap is where betters find the best odds and turn the hard wood into hard cash PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many PropSwapers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship futures all at playoffs long. This allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. The rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and the first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP. When your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real pro- sports bettors on PropSwap where America Wise and sells sports bets. All right, y'all. Main card time on ESPN proper starting at 7, 7 o'clock. Sharp be there. Eastern. Uh, middleweight Christophs Jotko versus Gerald Mearshart. Um, so we got GM3 is the nickname or the machine. Um, he is 34 and 14, six knockouts, 26 submissions. He's he's another Alexi Oleinik. Too bad they couldn't fight at some point. Um, but knocked out three times, submitted eight times. He's nine and six in the UFC. He's however he's won three straight. Before that he had lost two straight. So three and two over his last five. However the last three um are all wins and they're all wins via submission he was a regional champ he used to fight at light heavyweight he used to fight at welterweight he settled in the middle at middleweight Two, uh, 2007 debut in the sport as a pro grappling stats in his favor plus 145 Jotko, 23 and 5 six knockouts one submission he's been knocked out twice submitted once 10 and 5 in the ufc he's won four of his last five including his last fight so both these guys are on a roll Veterans that are uh, turning things around here. Um, his, however, his last finish of a fight, if you are betting him, his last time he finished a bone 2016. He also used to be a welterweight. Made his debut in 2010. Two years younger than Mirchard, minus 175. I'm all over the underdog here. I will take Mirchard at plus 145. Um, Chaco is not, as you can see, see by the stats, I let you know he's not a super dangerous fighter or finisher um it's not like he he's got six knockouts in 28 pro fights so the one worry with mirshard is that he's going to get lit up on the feet um if that is the case a uh, good chance he's not going to get finished at least by jocko and obviously mirshard's grappling whether it's he's on his back or he's he's uh quote unquote in control on top um it's oh my, Almost seconded on, um, so I'll take. I'll gladly take plus one for you at uh, at uh, the machine at GM three here.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you entirely. You you knew I was gonna take Meershard all along. I, I had a feeling. I'm a huge Meershard guy, but in addition to that, like your analysis is perfect, right? Like Jocko yes. is a guy who doesn't put people away, and Meershard is a guy where if you don't put him away, he's dangerous yes. constantly. So like. even if you think Jocko has a huge striking advantage and he might be able to stay away from those grappling exchanges for a little bit, he's going to have to stay away from those for a lot of bit because like, dude, Mearshart will find your neck even in the third round when you're exhausted and he's less exhausted than you. So yeah, I agree with you entirely. I like the fact that we're getting plus money on this, uh, GM three all day.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, um, I must shout out uh, another podcast, MMA by the numbers. Uh, I listened to it this morning. Helped me solidify a lot of my thoughts. And uh, he is, he mentioned a lot of the same things. I'm sure I I didn't copy it all because I agree with it, but, um, but he was a little concerned about the number. Usually um, I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but it's MMA by the numbers. Um, Follow him on Twitter or listen to his podcast. Um, He's usually if, uh, he thinks the line should be more like a pick'em, and so he gets a little nervous uh, that he's missing something when the uh, when the underdog or the pick he wants to pick is as high as plus one forty-five. Thoughts on that?
0: I I will give you two thoughts on that. First of all, yeah, I could see that. Like I, but I just think here the books are missing that like Chart has kind of like some ugly losses, and that doesn't really matter. And Jocko isn't going to control them. Um yep. so I do ju- I think that's just mostly the books missing it. Um but I will also say this piece, um MMA by the numbers, the guy who is on uh that podcast that you were listening to, uh has also been on the Top Turtle MMA podcast guest hosting one time. So uh For real. Yeah, fun fact. There probably wow. like five years ago, but uh, so he's, he's in
1: he's in the same company as I am. Then
0: yeah, I, I was I, a close. I couldn't I couldn't have uh, shockwave was out of town for an, an episode or two, and uh, he was one of the fill-ins.
1: Good guys, uh, smart. Um, with the picks Helps me, you know, solidify a lot or solidify my thoughts on a lot of things, or or um, convince me um, that my opinion is wrong. Uh, moving on, featherweights. Darren Ellkin. Versus Tristan Connolly, Boondock versus The Damage, the iconic The Damage Darren Alkins nickname and and chest tattoo. I'll uh, tell you about the Canadian Mr. Connolly first. He was on Top Turtle last week, so uh, take that as it. Uh, apparently, there, there's no um, there's no uh, jinx anymore, but there's still that stank. So just take it take it as uh, for what it's worth. He's um, Connolly is 14 to seven, four knockouts, nine submissions, so he's a finisher. But knocked it once, submitted once, one-on-one one in the UFC, lost his last fight. That was back in April of 2021. Did he say in your podcast why he was off? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, he had uh, two ty- or two titanium fake discs right. put in his neck. Yeah. Um, which Fun. is, dude, that's a fucking insane thing to happen. <laughs> yes.
1: There you go. Top tri- Was he on Totoro before this happened to him, Dan?
0: Uh, no, he was not. Only after. So this is, Okay.
1: All right, fine. We'll, we'll let you slide in this one. Uh, he's a year younger than Alkins, plus 140. Uh, you would think he'd be way younger than Alkins, because Alkins seems like he's been around forever. Um, the damage, Darren Elkins Didn't wear the damage too good in his last fight. Um, he's 26-10, nine knockouts, five submissions. Been knocked out four times, submitted once. 16-9 and nine in the UFC. He got TKO'd his last fight by Cub Swanson. Uh, before that, he had won two straight, so he's 2-1 and one over his last three, two and 2-5 over his last seven. Um... Used to fight at lightweight, he was a regional champ, made his debut in MMA, Pro MMA 2007. Three inches of reach on Connolly. more active, striking, better grappling stats as well, minus 176.
0: Over to you. I'm actually going to go dog back-to-back back here. Uh. I'm going to pick Tristan Connelly, Um, Mostly just because, like, uh, look, I, I first of all think he's a better striker than Darren Elkins, which to be fair it really doesn't take much to be better than the current version of Darren Elkins on the feet. Like he's got knockout power if he's, you know, like in there somewhere, but like, he's never been a striker, right? Like his thing has always been grappling, but Connolly is like low key, very good at stuffing takedowns. Um, like if you watch that last fight with him and Pat Sabatini, dude, he like made Pat Sabatini work. Pat Sabatini only got one takedown in that fight and it wasn't for lack of trying and, you know, like, Connolly even took him down. So, you know, like, I think Connolly's grappling, if it's good enough to, to go toe-to-toe with Pat Sabatini, I think it's good enough to, like, stuff Darren Elkins and force him to strike. And, and look, I, I think Connolly wins that fight more often than not. So uh, to see him, again, posted right around 150 or 145, like, man, th- those seem like really juicy odds for me.
1: Yeah, this is one of the fights I was up in the air on, but I'm going to go chalk uh, with Elkins. Um, he's he's going to be more active striking. He, I wouldn't say he's a better striker, but um, you don't need to be a better striker a lot of times to to win decisions as long as you look like you're being active, which he will be. And he's uh, he's basically very active everywhere on the ground, um, striking and everything like that. So not convinced um, he's a better fighter than Connolly, but I think he's going to win this fight nonetheless that, unless, that is
0: that is some really great darren elkins ass analysis right there is <laughs> i don't think he's better than the person he's fighting and watch beat him anyway. and, and watch me pick him. <laughs>
1: yep um yeah unless the his last fight was the harbinger 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 harbinger
0: Har- harbinger
1: harbinger, right. Hard G, uh, a harbinger for for things to come, and he's going to start finally start wearing the damage, uh, um, pun intended, and start getting knocked out uh, more frequently. So we'll see. Lightweights, another good matchup: Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. We got KGD for Grant Dawson versus Flash Gordon. Let's tell you about Gordon first: eighteen and four, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out four times, so all of his losses come via knockout. Six and three in the UFC. However, he's won three straight fights in four or five. He has missed weight in the past. Used to fight down at uh, featherweight. This is that lightweight. He's got multiple regional championships on his
0: mantle. Sorry. There you go. Where were you,
1: for God's (laughs) sakes? Uh, 2011 debut in pro MMA. Striking stats in his favor, and he's 1.7 times more active landing strikes. Plus 140. KGD Dawson is 17-1-1. Seven knockouts, 11 submissions. Another submission. Wait a minute. Those numbers don't add up. How can there be seven knockouts and eleven submissions be only has seventeen pro wins? All right, I'm gonna. The intern's gonna look it up right this second, Dan. Obviously, it's a clerical error on my secretary's behalf who does up the notes for me. All right, he's got seventeen wins, four knockouts. Excuse me, eleven submissions. So, someone's getting fired over that. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He's been knocked out once. So his one loss has come has come via knockout. Um, he's 5-0-1 in the UFC. His last fight was a draw. Uh, this, he's taking this on short notice, but I think it's right around the one month. I think it's like a one day less than a month. Uh, so just technically uh, short notice because I consider short notice a month or under a month. So he's right at the at the border there. Uh, he has missed weight as well in the past because he used to fight at flyweight. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the flyweight. That is quite the cut. Featherweight. 1-0 uh, in the Contender Series inch taller than Gordon four inches of reach six years younger than him minus 170 give me Dawson I think Dawson is um is a legit very good fighter and he's much younger and he's got lots of reach which I always like even though the stats don't really play that out um I think he can uh his grappling can beat Gordon here so he's
0: my pick I'm actually gonna go dog three in a row here uh, wow uh, yeah oh. in, in like for for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think Jared Gordon's grappling is wildly underrated. Um, if you Chris, go back and you, you look you look at his fight with Joe Selecki, Joe Selecki, a guy who goes to ADCC trials all the time and does quite well, Gordon went toe to toe with him very well. Um, he also out grappled Chris Fishgold. And, and like, what's Grant Dawson like to do? Grant Dawson prefers to grapple. So already. I'm liking the fact that that Gordon can seemingly hang with him. I'll also say this. Grant Dawson is coming off of a very, very, very ugly draw where he dropped a 10-8 round to Ricky Glenn and winds up having to take a draw with a guy who was taking the fight on short notice and should have been way worse than him. Uh, And he just performed terribly. I'm a little bit worried at how Grant Dawson looks at Lightweight because I I don't know that this is going to wind up being the right move for him and I don't know if you you've read up on what he did after that draw with with Ricky Glenn his immediate reaction to that was I have to leave James Kraus as my coach that's not a good idea yeah so that's he's why no, you're picking against him he's no longer working with James Kraus he's at that crowded American Top Team and don't get me wrong like some people thrive in having more training partners and stuff but like. He had the same coach for 19 fights, went 17-1-1, one one, had a weird draw where he kind of, like, got outworked and, and outmuscled late in the fight by a Wiley veteran and completely changed his whole game. Uh, I'm taking another Wiley veteran to give him a tough time.
1: Boy, this is just you defending um, James Krause's honor, it feels like to me, Dan. James Krause
0: <laughs> stand. I'm the I'm James Krause white knight. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. You are the James Cross Stan of the podcast. No, I like him as a coach as well. All right, we'll see. Dan is Dan's got a lot of money to make up on the year to, to be to be fair. So take that as it will. He may be being a little reckless here with, with everyone's money. Okay, he's trying to dig I've, himself I've out only, of the
0: wall. So. I've only got what do I got? <laughs> three or four? Do- I've only got four dogs.
1: Just happens to be all all in a row. That's all. They're clustered. By um, the way. Let's see. Let's see him pick a dog here. By uh, the way, it's Andre Fili versus Joe Anderson Brito, Um Tubero is Burrito, which does not translate to anything as far as I know. Does it? I thought it was going to be like um, Turbo or something, but it, it is not.
0: I thought it was – there's a fish. Isn't there a fish? Oh, okay, maybe. I think it's a fish. Well,
1: someone <laughs> has a fish nickname, I remember. <laughs> someone has a Brazilian fish nickname. Oh, no, uh, it's the feel- –
0: it's, it's the town that he lives in, okay. uh, which also loosely translates to shark.
1: Oh, if, uh, I'm not going to say where you live, but if you use the name of your town, Dan, that would be amazing. <laughs> you have a funny name for your town. All right. Touchy Feely is Andre uh, Feely's nickname, another one of the iconic nicknames in the in the game. All right. We'll, we'll give your burritos info first. 12-3-1, five knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked at once, submitted once. All won the UFC. 1-0 on the contender series. Used to fight at lightweight. He's moving up uh, um, to this for this. Actually, excuse me. He's moving down. He's cutting down to featherweight for this fight. He was a regional champ. Five years younger than Feely. Plus 210. Touchy Feely's 21-8 with one no contest. Nine and not got three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Submitted twice. Nine and seven in the UFC with one no contest. One and two with one no contest over his last. Let's add that up. Four fights. The last fight was a no contest. Uh, eye poke, I believe. Um, He has missed weight in the past, Midge pro debut in 2009, three inches taller than Brito, two inches of reach on him, more active striker, minus 260. Go ahead, pick a dog here again.
0: Nah, I'm going to take Andre Feely. I'll say this, though. If you had gotten Joe Anderson Brito in this fight with Andre Feely right after his contender series bout, I'm all over it. I pick him 10 times out of 10 and instead we had watched that fight with Bill Algio where he basically did not understand how to fight Bill Algio and lost in disgusting annoying irritating fashion uh if you go in with that bad of a game plan a guy like Andre Feely who can who can turn your game plan on its head anyway he's going to just run through him i, I like Andre Feely in this spot a lot
1: this is this a Bill Algio hate podcast now, Dan? No,
0: I love Bill Algio. I love Senor Perfecto. perfecto. Uh, Senor Perfecto is not perfect. But, like, I thought for sure Joe Anderson Brito was just going to absolutely bull rush him and take him down and, like, control him there and beat him up. And instead he's like, let's have a boxing match and then, like, hit a takedown with, like, 30 seconds left in one round and then never went back to it uh, like some sort of crazy person. So, uh, yeah, Andre Feely wins this fight just by fighting a smart fight.
1: Touchy Feely is my pick as well. Um, heavyweights: Andre Arlovski versus Jake Collier. Dan's boyfriend is on the card. Andre Arlovski, the pit bull versus the prototype Jake Collier. What if Jake Collier was your boyfriend? Is said that that would be totally strange. Um, Thirteen to six for Collier. Step five knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Five and five in the UFC. You want, you want to hear a pattern, Dan?
0: Sure. God, give me one.
1: L- loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Loss win. Every fight in the UFC, he swapped wins and losses. Um, so he's coming off a win, everyone. Um, take that. Um, you get going to bet on him. Uh, that, that's your warning there. Uh, like I said, he did win his last fight. It was via submission. He used to fight at light heavyweight. He used to fight at middleweight, surprisingly. You wouldn't believe that now. Uh, he was the RFA champ, made his pro debut in 2010. Based on the last weigh-ins, he was 19 pounds heavier than Arlovsky, he also has one inch reach on him, uh, and nine years younger. You would think he'd be way younger, because Arlovski seems uh, like he's mega old. But no, uh, he's also one and a half times more active landing strikes, plus one twenty. All right, Pitbull Arlovsky, thirty-three and twenty with two no contests, seventeen knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out eleven times, submitted twice. Twenty-two and fourteen with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. He was the heavyweight champion back in the in the bygone era of the UFC. He has won three straight fights and five of six. Last time he's finished an opponent is 2015. He's taking this on short notice. Uh, he was 2 in 1 World Series of Fighting. He was also fought in one. Did you realize he fought in one at, at one point, Dan? Andre Orlovsky fought in one? Yes. If you weren't aware then. The I biggest wasn't. promotion in the world. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look up who he fought now on, Amazon, no
0: now on Amazon Prime. Exactly. <laughs>
1: promotion in the world is going to be on Amazon prime now. Um,
0: Oh, I, was that when he soccer kicked Tim Sylvia?
1: Maybe I'm going, I'm scrolling in. He's got so many fights
0: to annotate. If it's, a it's long not, game. if, hang on, if it, if I'm yes, not mistaken, that's that. when he soccer kicked Tim Sylvia. They said yep. soccer kicks would be legal. However, yeah. the, uh, the ref would have to announce when it was an okay time oh, to okay. soccer kick him, and he hadn't announced it yet. And Arlovski was like, "I thought soccer kicks were legal," so he just kicked Tim <laughs> Sylvia in the head. Also, that I was ten, just wanted, ten years ago. I I also think he just wanted to kick Tim Sylvie in the head, so uh, you know, like, uh, one of those. Yeah,
1: you can't blame him. How how uh, yeah. how, how,
0: taste, how taste that?
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, how tasty my pee pee. All right, um, zero and three in strike force. Made his debut, pro debut in 1999. Uh, he has striking stats in his favor, minus 145. I got to go Arlovsky, despite him taking this a short notice. He's shown that he can avoid any power, not like Collier really throws with a lot of power. Um, I think he can outwork Collier and get himself a boring decision victory here. So minus 145, Arlovsky's my pick.
0: Yeah, and, and to, to your kind of your point, he can avoid the power, but like more importantly, like he he can't avoid the power of really exceptional talent, right? Like, yep. the, the Tom Aspinall's mm-hmm. and the Yair strikes and the, you know, the, I mean, like, Ty Twivasa beat him, but I guess he didn't even knock him out. Um, But, like, if you don't have that power, you have no method of victory here because he's faster than you, right? And, and especially in Jake Collier's point, Jake Collier's fast for, like, a big fat guy, but, like, at the end of the day, He's slower than he's slower than Arlovsky, right? Like he's way slower than Arlovsky. Arlovsky's just gonna jab him to death, uh, and gonna win a three round decision here. Like it, it's it's pre- it's yep. a pretty simple pick to me. Yep,
1: it is. So that is the pick. Arlovsky is the pick. Main event time. Yeah, under Arlovsky's a co uh head not headlining, but he's in the co main event of a card in twenty twenty two. Just uh thought I'd throw that out there. Um Main event, band weights, Rob Font versus Marlon, Vera, Cheeto, Vera. Um, let's you about Cheeto first. He's 18-7-1, seven knockouts, eight submissions, never been finished in a fight. 12-6 and 6 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, three of five. He won via key uh, knockout in his last fight. He was 1-0 on the con- Ultimate Fighter uh, before he got a, I think it's skin infection, I read, and he had to go off the show. I read because I was not watching Ultimate Fighter at that point, I don't think. Pro debut 2012, five years younger than Font. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 112. Rob Font, 19-5, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. So you may want to pick decision for this one. Now these guys get finished. Um, 9-4 in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. However, his last fight was a loss. He was the CES champion before this. Used to fight at lightweight. Used to fight at featherweight. 2011 pro debut for him. Interreach over Vera striking and active striking stats in this favor minus 135. Over to you.
0: I'm gonna go with Rob Font here. Um look, I, I really do like Cheeto Vera, but uh, here's the thing. I, I think I think Font might be a little bit better of a technical boxer than than Marlon Vera. And like you said, neither are particularly prolific finishers. Um I, I think Font is a little bit better technically boxing than him. And in addition to that, I also think should somebody get fed up with the striking and decide that this should be a grappling match? I actually think Rob Font's like, sneaky good wrestling is enough to win him this fight. And, like, he he's a guy coming off of having gone five rounds with Cody Garbrandt and Jose Aldo in back-to-back fights. Like, he, he's a guy who stuffed the wrestling of, of Ricky Simon. So, like, I, I really do like Marlon Vera. I think he's got a lot of potential, but also, like, Man, I I just don't like Marlon Vera as much as I like Rob Font. I think Rob Font's got more ways to win in this fight.
1: What part of the world is Rob Font from, Dan?
0: Oh, he's from Massachusetts. Oh, if you want, okay. if you want to, if you want to snag me on being a North, northeast homer too, you can snag that uh, that Candelario pick early on. He's a Connecticut boy. There you go. Uh,
1: no, Font's my pick too. Um, more active striking um, can probably we'll we'll probably win this fight. Um, he's gonna be more active than Vera. um, More than likely, it's going to go to another guy that gets finished. Well, Vera never. Font one time, so a good chance it's going to go all the way. And I like font style to win it. So he is our pick. We're agreeing on that. Minus 135 for that one. All right, that's the whole card for you. Time for our recommended plays. We will begin with Mr. Vreeland.
0: Yeah, I'm starting really obvious here. I'm going to take 35 bucks on Andrei Orlovsky by decision. Uh you can get that at +150. Oh, you can get that at +150 and I don't know why you can get it at +150, but you sure can.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's nuts. I want Orlovsky via decision as well. Um especially now that I heard that number. Um I don't think uh, I don't know if I'm as certain on Let's give 30 bucks on that for me. But I agree with the
0: pick. Go ahead. All right. Um and then next I'm going to go to my pick to open the the card. I'm going to go with Carlos Candelario. Uh I'm going to take right. uh 25 bucks on Candelario. So 35 on Orlowski by decision, 25 on Candelario uh money line.
1: All right. Um boom, boom 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 boom. Who do I want next? Who do I want? Um No. No, these are recommended plays. Don't get crazy, Jeff, with your picks. <laughs> Romanoff. Is there any point? Probably not. Well, what's the finish number on Romanoff in finishing oh, it, the fight?
0: It's it's not good. Uh, I figure Ro- not. Ro- Romanoff situation. wins inside the inside the distance, minus five
1: hundred and fifty. Wow. <laughs> nice. Um give me Gina Mazzani. Um just winning outright. Um let me see. Give me 25 bucks on that, please. All right.
0: Uh I'm going to take uh I'm gonna take Gina Mazzani too. I'll just take twenty on her though, because uh, I want to save my twenty for one more of my dogs here.
1: All right, we're getting that for minus one twenty uh, minus one seventy five. Um we didn't say the candelario line, Dan picked candelario. Plus two hundred. That's your recommended play, Dan. Plus two hundred. Uh just thought I'd throw that out there. So uh I got fifty left. Um I'm going to take 25 on an underdog, Mearshart, Um Yeah, I really love that number on him. Um, give me Mearshart. I, I want to get fancy with it, but uh, I think plus 150, 145 is enough. So just give me straight money line on him, please.
0: Yeah, and originally I was going to go underdog here with one of my last plays too. But I, the more and more I think about it, I think I actually just like Rob Font's number um, for my last yep. 20 bucks. I, I think I'm just going to uh, ride my last 20 on, on Rob Font.
1: Uh, was where i was headed as well um so minus 135 on font i will take him as well how much you have left uh i got 20 bucks. wow look at that matched up perfectly so i got 20 on font winning as well um probably going the distance but i'm not going to get fancy with it if if y'all want to get fancy with your money go ahead take him uh via decision all right recap 30 dan's got 35 on our decision plus 150 25 on Candelario, at money line plus 200. 25 on Mazzani, money line minus 175. 20 bucks in font, money line minus 135. I have 30 as well on Arlovsky. Not as well. 30 on Arlovsky. Decision plus 150. 25 on Mazzani, minus 175. 25 on Mearshart, plus 145. Both those are money lines. And then 20 on font, money line minus 135. Brilliant. And it all adds up to 100 for both of us. So that, that's the goal every week. All right. Um, are you going to give us a winning crazy Super Fanjong prop this week or what,
0: man? I'm feeling really good about this one. It's 10 to 1 pretty much exactly. Oh, okay. uh, and I'm back in my my two pick realm here. So here's how you're going to make yep. 10 to 1 with just two fights. Uh, first one, Andre Arlowski decision. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer that this should build a lot of parlays with this one. Uh, and we're going yep. to pair it with Gerald Mearshart wins by submission. Uh, could he win oh, a decision? Right. Heck yeah, he could win a decision. But Gerald Mearshart wins by submission. You can find it places at like plus 325, plus 350. So if you pair those two together, you're already at the 10 to 1 odds. Uh, so Arlovsky inside the distance feels like a layup. You're looking at a Gerald Mearshart at 10 to 1 for a sub. Uh, seems like a no-brainer.
1: It definitely does. This is a no-brainer podcast for all of you. So, um yeah, ten to one for that. Both are very, I would say, ex- oh, not ex- maybe, yeah, expected outcomes. I would say most, um, most expected outcomes. Um, but still, obviously, if, if you're going with, with uh, a prop bet, it, it is a risk, of course. But I like both those picks. Um, very good, Dan. Ten, ten to one. That's what we all like. So, anything else you needed to get off your chest before we we call it a night here?
0: No, I th- I think you got all the big stuff.
1: All right, the shanimal will uh, will tell you everything you need to do, people. Uh, Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer. Uh, he is Gumby Vreeland. Our website we write for and I edit for, and our podcast goes out on is sportsgumbypodcast.com. Head over there for everything, every sport um, that, you're, that you're looking for. We have uh, a DeGen writing about it for you, people. And uh, if you want more um, of my MMA writing, moneymma.substack.com. dot dot com. Uh, we've got the Pick'Em Contest running again for this weekend. You win $50 gift card to anywhere you want, courtesy of the bosses at SGPN. So we got some cross promotion there. Um, so head, out, head over there. Um, you, all you need is a free subscription to enter the Pick'Em Contest if, if you are so inclined. Um, and then listen to dance podcast. We've got Prelim Primer. Yes, Prelim Primer, where he tells you about his Prelim picks with a educated guest. And who is on the flagship Top Turtle MMA podcast this week?
0: So this week we actually did a uh, PFL-themed episode. So we talked to... Oh, so you're going (laughs) to jinx that now. So we talked to Chris Wade uh, prior to his Lance Palmer fight, uh, which will be happening, I mean, by the time you guys hear this, like uh, pretty much like 12 hours from now. <laughs> um, and then uh, we also talked to Boston Salmon, who is fighting uh, another UFC vet in Shaman Marias. So uh, lots of former UFC talent on PFL this week, and we chatted with a little bit of them, or a couple of them.
1: So he's getting that stank all over PFL now. No promotion is safe uh, from the top turtle stank. All right, um, thank you for listening. I'm gonna let the Danimal uh, take it home for us.
0: Aha, I'm David be Freeland. He is Ramen Doodles. Jeff Fox, and we will catch you next week. So much better in English. I like it. <laughs>